0: Welcome back to Impact Show. I'm here with a great friend of mine, Dr. John Murashi. I want to tell you a little bit about Impact 21 coming up. On October 1st, we have over hundred thousand professionals registered for this incredible internet marketing conference that will be live in Las Vegas, and I look forward to having you there. And as you know, Impact Show, this TV series, we're now in our 30th episode, has really been around impact makers, people that I know in my life. I had the great fortune of running into John Maraschini in (laughs) San Clemente because we both drove this really cool Vantage Coupe Aston Martin. It's a handmade car. I believe I was the only one in San Clemente to have this car until I ran into John, and he had the (laughs) same car, and I said, wow, I got to know this guy. And kindred spirits alike, about 15 years ago, we built this great friendship. And yes, he was the local dentist in San Clemente, and I knew from the moment I met you, you had greater aspirations beyond just being a dentist, not saying that that is not enough for most people. But the innovation and the entrepreneurship in John really has manifested in so many ways. And I'm so excited to share his story with you today. So, John, for those in our audience that don't know who you are, can you give us a little bit about your background?
1: Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I'm your friend. Yes. And which is pretty awesome because uh, I got to meet CNN, gosh, it's probably about 15 plus years ago. And I just walked up to him, this guy standing next to his car. And I was like, dude, I like your car. I have the same one, and it was like, boom, tractor beam, yeah, two friends, best buddies all the way since, so from that time till now, yeah. I've been a cosmetic dentist and I ended up moving up to Los Angeles because my aspirations were to become the dentist to the stars.
0: Well, I also want to say hello to uh, Dr. Murashi, who's on the west coast who sees my teeth when
1: I'm in LA. Don't want to leave him out as well because I, yes, I, I, my teeth are seen on both coasts.
0: Is that
1: my, wait. It's, it's very bicoastal, coastal is, is that my dentist on the west coast too? Marashi? Through my journeys in cosmetic dentistry, I've also had some interesting and very unique opportunities to expand doing dental-related business endeavors outside my four walls, which I'm really excited to share with you guys.
0: What was that quantum leap where you felt, okay, I'm ready to take on this practice in Los Angeles, to leave this, this little tiny city in Orange County, and to come to Los Angeles, which is like a different world, and dealing with a celebrity clientele. How did you know that this was the right move for you? You know, at the end of the day, I had this core belief system that I could be more
1: and I could do more and I could provide my services for, you know, uh, a a clientele that was, uh, you know, doing amazing things in the world. And so, you know, they say you're the average of the people that you spend the most time with. right? Right. And I was like, well, if I go up to L.A. and I play my cards right and I do a really good job for my patients, I'm willing to bet on myself that I could attract, you know, really interesting people, successful business people, entertainers, and so forth, to be able to help them do what they need to do.
0: Right, and there's so many of you, I mean, we have thousands of people and professionals watching this. You may have that desire where you believe in yourself and that belief system kicks in, do what John did, you know, you may find an opportunity and, and, and don't think twice. I remember when you came out to me and said, hey, there's this amazing opportunity in L.A. Selfishly, I'm like, don't take it because <laughs> then I'm like, what am I going to do without you in San Clemente? I mean, we were having so much fun hanging out together. But I'm so proud of you for taking that risk because we all know in life and business, the, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. And it seemed like you had done all your due diligence. Our audience, a lot of us, are, are sometimes looking at buying a practice or, or moving up. What are the variables that you looked at when you bought the practice uh, in making that move? You know, what a lot of people confuse is the word risk. Because people, go, like, oh, you know, it's risky. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, there's high risk and there's low risk. Right. If you've done your homework, your it's risk assessment, and if you decide that it's low risk, Then you should go for it. If something is really high risk and you're, you know, you got to decide what's your tolerance. You know, if you're in Vegas and you're playing blackjack and you got 18, you know, do do you hit or do you stay? Right. So, you know, for me, it was a combination of risk assessment saying, look, you know, dentistry in general, you know, you can do it pretty much anywhere. So I knew that that part of the equation was going to be fine. But when I looked at my downside, I said, look, the worst thing that could happen let's say I go bust completely. Mm-hmm. I've already sold my business in San Clemente. If the worst thing that happened in my life right. is I had to go to a small town somewhere else and bring my family with me and, you know, we're all crammed into a small little apartment or a studio somewhere uh, and, you know, and. Maybe I have you know more of a modest life, right. but I still got a roof over my head and I sure. can provide for my family. If that's the worst thing that can happen, right. I mean, look at the big picture, man. Right, right. You know, I'm still ahead of like you know ninety something percent of the population in the world. Right. Right. So you know, I just had to take this leap of faith that sure. like I'm going to go in there and do what I know how to do and not look back. Just right. do everything I can to move the needle. And when your mindset is like that, you know I, I think you know results end up being a lot better than people would anticipate.
0: 100 percent, and listen to what John's saying about you and that risk tolerance that you're taking. But I also think about that too, when I'm going into this this unknown area. What's the worst case scenario? Start there. Go down to to the basic variables of the worst case scenario because you know the chances are very low that you're going to end up in that worst case scenario, but there are a chance that you're going to be on that high side. So obviously it's persistence and hard work. One thing that I also recognize about you, John, since the first time I met you is you have a great personality. Can you talk a little bit about how communication skills and personality plays into success? It's such an integral part of the recipe. There's no question about
1: that when you're dealing with customers, whether you're B2B or whoever it is, you know people on your team, you name it, you have to care more about them than they could possibly care about themselves. And what I have found is that when I really took a genuine interest on what was going on in people's lives and how can I service their needs so they can meet whatever it is they're looking to do, that's where the bonds and the relationships form. You know, I think that's kind of how, you know, one of the reasons why we both have become such good friends because right. we've dedicated our lives to a life of service. Sure. And when you know your place and you
0: embrace that, you're like, what can I do for these people? You know, that's where the rewards really come back to you. hundred percent. And we have, again, thousands of businesses watching this. Personality and communication skills are so important. Where would you say that that fire came from you? Was it something passed down from family? Is it something that you learned? How did you get good at communication? I I think it was from the school of hard knocks,
1: from saying the wrong thing the wrong way too many times, you know, and and getting my behind handed to me. Or, you know, would you like some ketchup on that shoe (laughs) as (laughs) you take a bite of it? Right. You know, and so the real question is how do you respond to that? And, you know, because you're early in your career and you haven't had the mentoring or had necessarily Mm -hmm. been surrounded by, you know, excellent communicators that can give you this advice. And so you start realizing like, wow, that didn't go the way that I wanted. Well, how do I make this better? What would I do next time? And the other thing, you know, I I use the word mentoring, is that I've been a perpetual student. I've Mm -hmm. taken the time to surround myself with coaches and mentors, people that were smarter than me, Mm -hmm. more successful than me, so I could take notes. I never wanted to be the smartest guy in the room.
0: Right, so think about that. Who's your coach, who's your mentor? And transitioning the discussion a little bit, we just interviewed Joe Megabo, the CEO of Purple. You know, here's a thing that we don't think about all the time, which is sleep. You know, the use of your mattress that a lot of people take for granted. I think similarly is dental. A lot of people go to the dentist reactively. I find, I hear people will go to the dentist when they have an issue as opposed to being proactive. That being said, tell us about the importance of our teeth and why good, not just hygiene, but the health of our teeth for our long-term lifespan. Yeah,
1: oral health is the gateway to the body. I mean, the Surgeon General's report released that several years back. When everything is clean here, there's an absolute link systemically throughout the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. So think it like your car, You know, if you never take that in for service and maintenance and then you wait till something goes wrong, you right. know, now you're like, oh my God, what's this gonna cost me to do it? Right. Dentistry is no different. Okay. You'd rather be in a state of perpetual cleanliness right. and you don't have issues. And that's the name of the game. But you're right, people tend to be reactive about it. Where I come into the equation is I wanna help people keep their mouths and their teeth healthy so they can keep their teeth for the rest of their life,
0: mm. but I also wanna give people confidence. Right. And I do that through their smiles. Absolutely, and there have been so many patients that we've referred to John, uh, including some family members. Uh, and that being said, my father, unfortunately, who passed away a few years ago, in in the later stages of life, he had some um, cardiac-related illnesses, and the, the, the teeth played into that. And the the care of the teeth, even though he brushed every day, there are just certain things that if you don't stay on top of it, it could really hit you later in life. Do you have any comments uh, related to that? Yeah,
1: unfortunately, what we now know is that the bacterias in the mouth have the potential to circulate systemically. Mm -hmm. And for someone who has an underlying heart condition, those bacterias can actually end up colonizing in the heart and creating other problems. Right.
0: Over the years how has dentistry changed because of technology and just the advancements in medicine? So the two biggest things in dentistry that no
1: one ever wants to talk about is accessibility Mm -hmm. and affordability. Mm -hmm. Okay, so accessibility is not because they're in in a dentist on every corner. There's plenty of dentists out there. But think about it, you know, other than the fact that we're here, you know, and the sun's not out. I right. mean, it'd be hard for you to come and see me at noon because you got other stuff going on, and right. it'd be hard for me to be available at noon cuz I'm working on patients. And right. so, you know, the average working person now longer hours, they may have a side hustle going on, so taking time to commute to and from the dentist plus sure. treatment time, right. you know, it becomes very expensive in that regard. And no matter how you slice it and dice it, going to the dentist's office, I don't care where you are, ends up being, you know, very expensive as well. So, I've thought long and hard for years is there a quality product or service that could be delivered at scale to help more people so they could get access to dental care and have affordability. Because even if I gave my services for free, I mean, look, there's only one of me. So I I couldn't treat that many people to begin with. And that became a personal mission of mine.
0: Right, and that personal mission is very interesting because I've seen you evolve over the years. You obviously have done very well with your practice, not just with your celebrity clientele, high net wealth individuals, but generally taking care of your patients. You also, Innovated a, a few products. Can you talk a little bit about that? And I think Absolutely. we have a, a, a demo of one here I'll bring this one first <laughs> Bite. tell me about Bite.
1: Bite is really, you know, the pinnacle and the extension of what I do on a daily basis And it is a set of clear liners that is direct-to-consumer mm-hmm. Dentist supervised right. and so you know Think of, uh, you know, these clear trays that the orthodontist can give you, but Correct. imagine now if you didn't actually have to walk into an orthodontist office. Right. So it's a pretty clever idea because what happens is you get a kit sent to you mm-hmm. and your teeth are molded and then they're scanned and then digitally your trays are created and they're all sent to you. And through the app, you can actually track your tooth movement. Your teeth get straightened in about half the time. They whiten along the way. Wow. And on top of it, it's a fraction of the cost. So that's been a game changer because it's opened the door for so many people that never either a had the time or b could have affordability to right. even to be able to have access to this type type of dental care.
0: Right, and what a brilliant move and, and innovation and a great use of disrupting, using technology to communicate, but also to to address convenience and teeth whitening. These are like four check boxes you're able to do in one. Product. I mean, this is really amazing. And tell me how, when you're running this practice, that that innovation was born, and why you you decided to double down and create another business while you're already operating a business.
1: Well, you know, they say when the, when the student is ready, the masters will appear. And um, and or maybe a better way to frame this is just about proximity. Right. And you know, I have a neighbor who lives down the street from me. He's a real good friend of mine, and he's patient here in the practice. And him and his, one of his buddies actually said, hey, John, can we take you to lunch one day? Right. And we sat down, they said, and these guys are serial entrepreneurs. Sure. And Scott and Blake, and I love you guys, man. <laughs> so we sat down, they said, hey, we have this dental idea. We just want to soundboard with you. And so I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, I like this. Maybe I would do it this way. Um, and a little bit like this. Right. But overall, I really like it. And how do I become partners with you guys? Oh, awesome. And so you- they were like... Well, we were just sniff testing it right, and right. you actually want to get involved with this thing. Sure. So, you know, with Byte, I ended up becoming, you know, not only an owner, but helped launch the company and served as the uh, as the chief dental officer. Wow. And you know, I just knew that this was the missing link of what I was looking for sure. of, you know, how could I give more of what I do to
0: a broader audience? Right, because you can't, like, here you're in a proximity where you can only handle so many patients within a region, and this is something where you're able to change the world. I mean, that is absolutely fantastic. And that kind of disruption is in every one of our industries, whether it's internet marketing, dental, it doesn't matter there's an opportunity out there. I mean, Palmer Lucky, who's very involved with our organization, is disrupting the entire military defense for machine learning. And it's being done in ways that a new generation is responding to, a new generation of buyer, new generation of, of, of investor, and those are the things that it seems like you were able to come across when you created Byte. And as an internet marketer myself, I gotta say the domain name of biteme.com is so powerful and it's B-Y-T-E me.com. And go to the website, check it out and look at the the masterful internet marketing. It's not just from the site load, it's the retargeting of their advertising, it's the good use of, of content and visuals. I've been doing this my whole life and when I saw that, I knew this business would do well, because you could have the greatest product in the world, you could have the greatest chief technologist and all these people, but if you're not communicating and marketing well, the same way you do for your practice, but here out to the mainstream, you'll have deficits in your marketing and someone else will capture that market share. So whoever did that did a great job. You also have uh, an innovative uh, couple uh, toothbrushes. Tell us a little bit about, well, this looks like a his and hers. Um, Do you want to kind of go into that a little bit? Absolutely. So I also started a company called Marashi Oral Health, and this was really
1: just driven by patient demand in my own four walls. For years, I've had patients ask me, say, hey, isn't there anything nicer out there? You know, all the you know, the Sonicares and Oral-Bs and, you know, they're great toothbrushes. You know, I've used them myself for years. They said they're white plastic and they don't look very nice and they kind of feel a little rough on the teeth sometimes. Right. And I was like, well, no, this is what's out there. And I wish to goodness I could remember who the one patient was that tipped me over the ice. I said, sure. why don't you just make something? Right and so it was a two-year endeavor and my god i thought dentistry was hard like going through safety compliance and fda testing and packaging i didn't know how many different colors of rose gold there were <laughs> until i was going through the pantone sure but you know this is what had come out from it sure. and you know it's a sonic toothbrush it has premium finishes and packaging you know, only one button that does everything instead of lighting up like a Christmas tree. And, you know, for those people that want to have something that's more premium and feel, this is for them.
0: That is awesome. Very cool. Well, uh, we'll make sure that uh, some of our IMA board members get a a pair of these. And uh, we also just highly encourage all of you to remember to brush at least twice a day. Can you tell us what your regimen is? What do you What do you recommend to your patients and what would you recommend for our audience?
1: Well, we have our patients come in every three months for teeth cleanings. Mm -hmm. And I get the same thing every day. They're like, well, you know, I come in, I don't have very much crud to take off my teeth. That's the point, because you're in a state of perpetual cleanliness. You Mm -hmm. end up decreasing the risk for having periodontal issues and cavities just simply by maintenance.
0: Sure. Yeah,
1: it's, not, it, it, it's really not a complicated formula.
0: Right, and I think a lot of times we take for granted, and the nice thing about the modern toothbrush is it'll time. It'll tell you when it's two minutes and by vibration, and these are things that sometimes we take for granted. We look over, and hopefully today's show will remind you to brush your teeth and to stay on top of your dental game because tell us a little bit about some of the tragedies that you've seen coming in your office when you're not doing that.
1: Well, when you're not, I mean, you know, basically someone's coming in, as you mentioned, in a reactive state. And I tell patients, uh, I don't like being known as doctor, I told you so. Right. You know, it's just not a good feeling because I'm here to try to keep you out of harm's way. Sure. So when someone comes in and now something is broken or something hurts or something's infected, that changes the entire parameters now of what it's going to take to remedy this situation. Sure. And it always translates to three things, more time, more money and probably more pain associated with it. Those are three things that everyone's trying to avoid in the first place.
0: And talk about pain because that seems to be the unspoken fear of people going into the dental office. How do you address that element of fear Uh, And that that hits every demographic, right? Is that that I don't think I'm going to go today because I'm just a little bit afraid to go to the dentist. Tell us about how that's changed over the years. So, pain
1: management is an interesting conversation because the idea is that the dental work hurts. Usually, what's bringing in people is that they have neglected things, they hurt, now they come in. My job is to get you out of pain. Contemporary dentistry, there's no reason for procedures to hurt. You know, between local anesthetics and sedation and anesthesia, dentistry can be done efficiently. And more importantly, it can be done comfortably. So I tell patients, I say, look, if you're going to afford to fly first class, do it. We'll make you comfortable. So, you know, when you come out of it, you're not going to have any pain or discomfort, you know, and that's kind of where the, where the disconnect is. People think that by doing the procedure, you know, that they're going to be miserable.
0: It's the neglect that made them miserable. We're here to solve that problem. And as we start to round up this interview, John, obviously your demographic of patient has changed dramatically from the beach, of San Clemente to, to being in the heart of LA, tell us a little bit about some of your celebrity patients and, and how you've been able to, to hit that uh, jackpot. You know, at the end of the day, uh, I like to say the goods have got to be on
1: the shelf, mm-hmm. and which means you have to be delivering the service and the quality of dentistry that your target market is looking for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for attracting a Hollywood clientele, it, it, I needed to be very proficient Really exceptional with cosmetic dentistry procedures because the visual appearance of the smiles for these individuals—that's their livelihood. So it started with that first and foremost, and then it took a lot of time and patience. You know, I've been up here for 11 years now. It didn't happen overnight. You know, the first few years were building blocks, but just being in this demographic you know, odds are in your favor that someone from entertainment is going to walk through your door. You know, it might be someone on the C list or the D (laughs) list, but that's okay. That's your start. Sure. And then soon word of mouth starts to grow till you finally get your
0: first one person, and that turns into two, into four, and the thing starts to grow over time. Right. And you mentioned word of mouth, and word of mouth is one of the greatest forms of marketing. And how have you used word of mouth to really activate your success? Word of mouth has been everything. And I believe, you know, in all forms of business, if you can have direct
1: relationships, uh, direct, you know, contact with the people that you're trying to help, you're always going to have a tighter bond and you're going to have a much better retention rate too. You know, I'm not sure if that's the the lingo in the business world, but you know, the idea is that you build these relationships and
0: people stay as loyal and fiercely loyal and devoted, you know, clients, patients, customers. Awesome. Well, you know, in our final question, John, you know, given that you've built this multi-million dollar integrated uh, success story, for our viewers, a lot of them are startups and they're first getting into their first business. What advice do you have? I mean, we're in the year 2021. The world has changed so many times since you started your business. What's the advice that you have for the modern startup or the modern entrepreneur? I think for the modern startup entrepreneur, you really need to have
1: clarity about what problem you're trying to solve. And does the, has this problem already been solved? Is there a way to solve it better? Where's the hole in the marketplace? Because a lot of times what happens, I think, is people have a great idea, and then they try to build a business around this idea that you know this product or service, but it may not be necessarily filling a void in the marketplace where there's demand for it. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about the end user experience of you're solving their problem, there's a pain point that's gotta be solved somehow right and you build your product or service around that, that's where you're gonna get, you know, like mass adoption for people who are gonna to wanna to have it. Just because it's a great idea doesn't mean that you're solving someone's problems or that's problem is, right. is, is prominent enough that enough people are gonna use it.
0: And, and what would you say was your biggest um, challenge that you faced as you started your business and how did you overcome that? So in my private practice, you know, it's slow and steady wins the race, you know,
1: it's just, it was patience more than anything else because I had to build the business as well as building my clinical skills. And there's, there's no solve for that other than paying your dues and doing the time. Right. More on the business side, like with Byte, for example, Mm -hmm. it was a, a team effort, you know, being surrounded by other individuals on this team that were experts at what they did and working collectively together towards this common goal.
0: Awesome. Well, here's a great example of this amazing person in my life. Uh, If you like the content that you hear here on Impact Show, please make sure you subscribe, share with your friends, and hit the bell so you get notified every time we have a great genius like Dr. Marashi on our show. And I can't thank you enough for the invaluable contributions you've made to my life as a friend, oh, as well you. as as a professional, to all the patients, including my family, that, that I've sent your way. Um, everyone always gives a five, five-star review, a true one, authentically. He cares so deeply about each of his patients. He knows everything about their teeth and, and it always gets them on the right road. So be sure to look up Dr. Murashi. And with that, I present to you Dr. John Murashi. And Elizabeth, <laughs> I want you to know too how special you are because with your wife and that kind of balance that has not only created success, but that sustainability and that significance in your life. So we'll be back at you, Impact Show. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. All right, brother. Okay. This has been a dinner shop.